1: Learn more at marines.com.
0: I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Leonard Grum. I'm Matt Letitia. Dean Hammonds here. And you're listening to In That Number.
2: Here is Letitia in the state.
0: and he's got it in as well and Danny Inks has done it again
2: Thanks for checking out In That Number with me, Kevin the Moscow Mush Milberton and Ray Hunt Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, In That Number podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe and give us good vibes. Let's go.
0: Welcome to another episode of In That Number. Proud to be a part of the Sports Social Network. This is episode 178. Uh, Today, we will focus on the Cups. Tuesday night's Carabao Cup semi-final, first leg defeat to Newcastle United, and Saturday's visit of Blackpool in the FA Cup fourth round. A win there, an uncomfortable win, but uh, into the hat for the fifth round. Uh, Once again, we find ourselves chatting about VAR decisions uh, as Adam Armstrong was denied a dream goal against his boyhood club. Uh, we have a red card, almost a decapitation, a slice of brie, and we had a masterclass from our best goal scorer, Roman Pero. Also take one final spin on the transfer roundabout before the window slams shut, and Tim will be on hand to preview next week's travels. The return leg at St. James's Park and the tussle back in the Premier League against surprise packages, Brentford. Uh, but before we hit all this, we have to bring in the Moscow mush. Kevin Milverton. I say we have to, we don't have to, but I I would like to bring in the Moscow mush, Kevin Milverton. Kevin, it's a real honour to have you on. (laughs) Sorry how that came up. How are you this week?
2: Yeah, it seems you've availed yourself of the option to uh, drag me in here. Yeah, Um, (laughs) I'm happy happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, Yeah, Uh, nothing really of note, news-wise, other than what's happening with the club. Um, I'm a little bit hungover, which is an exception more than a rule this season.
0: It does seem to be, actually, yeah. Well, that's good. What did you get up to?
2: It was uh, one of my English friend's birthday party, and I drank a lot of whiskey. That's good, too. Uh,
0: anyway, if, if you're enjoying the show, then please consider showing your support. You can visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Show your appreciation. Um, any donation will be greatly appreciated. Uh, now, then. I'd like to bring in, I'd like to see, I didn't say I have to bring in, I'd like to bring in Tim Bizantz, T. Bizzle. Tim, how are you doing this fine week?
1: Closing a uh, big deadline coming up on February 1st for my job, so that's over. Uh, overhanging uh, right now. But this past week in Chicago here, uh, got the idea of lakefront snow, or uh, lake effect snow, that is. So if you've ever seen Chicago on a map, there's a big lake called Lake Michigan that's just to the east of it. And how the snow comes through is that it can be significantly affected by the lake. So by proximity to it, where I'm currently at is less. It's about a half mile, and we probably had six to seven to eight inches in the last three to four days. Different places have had over a foot. Yeah, uh, my <laughs> my parents out in the western suburbs have probably had like an inch or two. So right now I'm looking outside at a winter wonderland enjoying the picture as uh, we are uh, recording at 7.30 in the morning with a beautiful, beautiful sunrise and trying to enjoy the day um, and put off the misery that it is being a Southampton fan.
0: Well, you say misery. I mean, come on. They, they, they're in the fifth round yeah. here. There's a loss and a win, so it's, it's not all bad. And actually going off of that, yeah, a goal down in the EFL Cup and it, it's not over, in the hat for the fifth round. We've got a new signing. We've got the potential for more. So yeah, in general, Kev, how are we feeling about the Saints this week?
2: No different to last week.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, this is going to be a fun one, isn't it? I thought we were supposed to—I <laughs> thought we were supposed to be in the party party mood here today, but never mind. Um, right, okay, we have to go into the ITN news then.
2: This is ITN in that number news.
0: Okay, ITN news—the only only one place we can start really. And that's the uh, the James Bree signing, Kevin. This is the third yeah. under under Nathan Jones. And um, so what I get—I mean, you're going to tell me a little bit more about him. But yeah, 25-year-old right back from Luton Town for 750,000 uh, pounds. That's a sort of three and a half year deal. Uh, Kevin, what do you know about Brie? Um,
2: yeah, I so see you got in um, with the cheesy puns quite early. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'll try and keep that up as much as I can. Um, yeah, we just heard, um, as this podcast has been recorded, that uh, he's been given the number 14, which has mm-hmm. been vacant since Oriel um, Romeo shifted to number 6. Um, yeah, like I said he's 25 years old. Uh, yeah, he's from, from Wakefield in, in Yorkshire. Uh, he's I'm not sure how tall he is because uh, I've seen very different um uh, heights given between five foot eight and five foot ten. So, not not the tallest, but so um, we'll,
0: we'll take the average then, we'll just go five nine,
2: five five nine, which makes him, yeah, a bit of a short of us. Um,
0: that's probably why he yeah. never made it as a center back. <laughs> just stick him out there, he'll be fine.
2: Well, I mean, say, saying that, um, yeah, he does. He has predominantly played as um, a right wing back, especially um mm. Nathan Jones, but um, yeah, can be used as the right in a back three, or as a traditional right back in in a rear four. So, I mean, yeah, I suppose that that that's how he's going to function at Saints. Um, yeah, had his youth career at, at Barnsley, had a couple of seasons at Villa in the Championship. Um, only a few appearances each time. Uh, then he went on loan to Luton, where he had a bit more success. He had three and a half seasons there, uh, including the two most recent under. Nathan Jones played 132 games there, scoring two goals. And yeah, he's on, in his last year of the contract. So hence the... Seven hundred fifty thousand price tag. Yeah, what can we see? Well, uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie, I haven't watched him, but um, I've read it know if you guys I've seen the um, athletic article that has been put out there. Um, they give some statistics from Smarter Scout. Um, he scores quite well on aerial duels. Uh, yeah, they gave him eighty-six um, mm-hmm. percent and ninety for progressive passing and uh, eighty-three. For ball progression. So, yeah, I mean, it looks like he could be useful. I mean, not just defending, but also on the counter attack. And yeah, seen as Livermento's probably going to be out for the rest of the season, he does solve a short term problem quickly, cheaply, and easily. And it avoids us being in that nightmare that we found ourselves under um, when Ralph sent all of our fullbacks out on loan. <laughs> it's the first signing you can say it's definitely a Nathan Jones signing through and through with the greatest of respects. Um, <laughs> yeah, some some quotes from the gaffer. Um, he says, um, shall I put the with the greatest of respects in or leave them out?
0: No, I put them all in.
2: Okay, with the greatest respects, James is obviously someone I know well from our time together at Luton. With the greatest of respect, he has the qualities both on the pitch and also in terms of his character to help us here. I'm not gonna do the accent. Um Please yeah, with the greatest of respect, uh while we have really talented players in fullback positions, uh we have been lighter on numbers than we would have liked. So the addition of James the Squad really helps us address that. He's also comfortable at playing centre backs so on um so that versatility gives us another good option in number. Up. Areas, yeah. So, I mean, at 25, he's not, he's sort of breaking the mold, could we say, (laughs) for our our signing so far this season. Um, and at 25, uh, we can say he's definitely not crusty, but um, he's certainly um, a mature breed, we can definitely say, (laughs) right, right.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, he's had a good season as well at um, uh, Luton this season, and creating a lot of chances. And he's got four assists already, and seems to be quite aggressive. And they're saying the accuracy is his strong point. So, and also he's played every minute of the of the uh, championship this season, which is great. Um, so another person that you know that can that can stand it. Um, Tim Jones called it a logical signing. Um, and he said he's, he's really athletic, he's quick, he's technically wonderful, um, and he's a bit like Prowsey in that way, in terms of dead balls and in terms of delivery and and, and stuff. I um, mean, he'd give us you know, an addition because he can play as an attacking fullback, like Kev said, as a wing back, as a right-sided centre-half. So, yeah, we've got, we've got options with him. And plus, he knows Nathan Jones' style, right? So that's why I guess he's saying it's, it's a logical one. And I know it's not exactly a groundbreaking signing that we all wanted, but I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm pleased with him, and and I think it's it's a different option. It's a, versatile. We can play in all those all those positions across the back. I I think it could be a shrewd bit of business down the line, and, and I think every team could use a utility man like him. And just to note as well, he's had more assists this season than Kai Walker Peters and Perot combined. Um, also more key passes, crosses, and crosses into the box. I know there's an argument that it's championship opposition, but you know he's going to get his chance now in the big time, isn't he? And I yeah, I just think it's a bargain, and if nothing else, he's a very solid and reliable backup. So uh, what's not to like? And I'm sure he would do a, do a good job for us.
1: Yeah, you really hit it nail on the head there. Uh, to me, it, it's one of the best. It's the it's the best signing under Nathan Jones for the fact that he, he's a known commodity. And while Luton is the sum of its parts as a team, there's no one person that stands out over the other. Um, he is the he was I guess is was was their best player. Uh, to me, looking at him and having that versatility, I think you're the right you were right in that in a back three, he could challenge Leonco, uh for that type of role. I think that how we how we've seen three center backs with. Salisu with uh, Chaletasar and Lianco. Uh He could upstage Leonco on that, where Kyle Walker-Peters was on the left, and they could kind of swing around and play it that way. Um, I think he's going to go great. I think you're going to see a lot of him, and I think that uh, for the price,
2: you can't beat it.
0: No, exactly. And Kev, I also think it's the last time we've seen um, Lianco play at right back.
2: Um, you'd hope so, especially um, after Perot's performance this week. I don't see any. I mean, not that Lianco hasn't been quite good. Mm. Oh, it's just more that it doesn't make any more sense now than it did the first time it was tried. Um, yeah, play fullbacks in the fullback position.
0: Absolutely. 22%. No James Ward-Prowse back there again either. Hopefully that's just um something. Or oh, Ainsley yeah.
2: Maitland-Niles.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. He's um he doesn't seem to be doing very well. I mean, uh, I've read reports about Ainsley Maitland-Niles that he, you know, he's he's becoming the jack of all trades, but he's mastering none of them. So he needs to kind of like focus on one position, and I guess that's the best thing you can say about him at the moment.
2: Um, he's trading jack shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, M- Maitland-Niles
1: is a, is the master of doing jack shit, so yeah. that's... What...
0: Unfortunately. Um, okay, Kev, you got anything else to add on, on Bree? Any more cheesy puns? Uh, I think I've
2: uh, I've exhausted them all.
0: Just want to talk about Jan Bednarik. I know it's a little bit of old news now, but he, he returned to the club after we recorded last week, and um, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we knew it was coming, didn't we? We knew it was on the cards that he could be recalled, but I guess it just kind of happened really, really quickly, and, and it surprised me. Um, and he, he came on for a couple of minutes against Newcastle, and he got a little bit of a frosty reception, but I was not surprised about that, Kev.
2: bit much, isn't it? Um, is, as you see with Nathan Jones, called him Yanni B.
0: Yanni B, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> like a, a cheap 90s uh, soft drink. Yeah, I don't know, maybe he's trying to ingratiate himself, to, because he's, as a, as a character, obviously, he didn't get on with Ralph um, very much, and Suppose that twisted his hand in why he's left, but he wants five centre backs. And you know, he's got, now that he's, he's, got, he's come back,
0: well, he's got four and Bednarek, so
2: um, yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, I you know, I wouldn't do him a disservice. You know, he's a Polish international, he's got a lot of experience, uh, he knows the squads. I imagine he gets on well with the players at least. Um, I'd rather have him back in there than some 19-year-old centre-back from City's Academy. As
0: as, as business goes, it's a good move. He's got the um, experience and he knows, knows the team, the players. So, yeah, I'm um, I just i I'm convinced that he just thought he was never going to return. Hence his, his comments when he left about moving to a bigger club. Still doesn't sit right with me. I hate it when people do that, especially when you're on loan. It just shouldn't be done. Um, he's got to win over the fans, but... Yeah, I think it's a good move to to bring him back in the side. Lewis Payne, he's extended his contract until 2025. Um, He joined our academy at the age of nine and has signed his first pro deal in 2021. Uh, And now I guess he's been rewarded for his services and it's been extended. So that's brilliant news because he's been a staple for that B team these past few years and... You know, he's got his, he got his deserved chance in the first team as well. didn't he come against Cambridge. So, so yeah, brilliant news there. And I I just, I really hope he can, he can make that, make his way up and become a a regular. And (laughs) there's another right back there. So yeah, congratulations uh, to Lewis there. Brilliant news. Just a quick one. Leicester City, the the fixture change. Well, the date remains the same. It's um, Saturday, the 4th of March, but it has been moved from the usual three o'clock to the 5.30 for TV reasons. And it will now be shown on Sky Sports. So, uh, yeah, make a change of that in your calendar. Are we going to
2: have a sweet stake on how many times they're mentioned the nine now?
0: They can't still be going on about it, right, can they?
2: Yeah, they will be. There'll be no doubt about that. I hadn't even thought about that. Okay, I I'm might gonna... have to come over and watch it just so I don't have to hear them talking about it.
0: Uh, yeah, FA Cup, fifth round draw. That is going to be taking place on Monday the 30th during the one show on BBC One. And that'll be after 7pm. We are ball number two. Uh, so, Kevin, um, I thought we could do a little bit of a mock draw. And see who comes out. Um, so let's just say we're at home. Okay, we've been pulled out of the bag. Tim's pulled out number two, and it's Southampton at home. So Kevin, pick a number between one and sixteen. Obviously, not number
2: two. Fifteen.
0: Fifteen. We get Fulham or Sunderland at home. Tim, do you want to have a do, do you want have a pick? Six. Six is Luton Town or Grimsby Town. That'll be interesting, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. Ah, uh, that, that
2: isn't Jones Derby.
0: Yes, that'll be good. Uh, right, uh, then, for the final time, uh, the transfer roundabout, would you like to take one final spin?
2: Yeah, yeah, let's spin. I'm i enjoying this. It's sad that it's coming to an end.
0: I, I'm not. Let's play out that music one
2: last time. Give it a spin. <laughs>
0: this transfer roundabout, really. Um, I hate i hate this uh, uh, winter window. I really don't like it. Um, all the reports that are coming up on a daily basis, uh, my news inbox is getting bombarded, and I know that nothing is ever going to come of them, and yet I still give it a little bit of credence. And, I, and then afterwards, I, I regret it, and I just, yeah. The, the latest that I'm hearing is Beto from Udinese. I don't know what's happening there. There's this new new guy that's come up, um, Kamaldin Suleymane from Rennes um apparently offers have been made for him they've been turned down um now i've heard that alternatives are being looked at also that's we're running, running out of time this can't happen uh nicholas jackson apparently i mean i don't know if this is real common knowledge but i i heard that he failed a medical at bournemouth uh which is why he couldn't complete that move down there so um yeah it looks like we may have dodged a bullet with nicholas jackson where are you standing on this window now what what are you uh, what are you looking at what are you expecting
2: i'm i'm yeah i'm looking through the window, and um, I'm not seeing anything that I'm particularly excited about. Even Nicholas Jackson, maybe maybe Saints have got some somebody ready to go, and it's just under wraps, and it's going to be a big surprise. Um, and so Simon Striker, that put together 30 million, to get someone competent, and they'll score the goals that we need to uh, to keep us up the end.
0: Yeah. Sorry, it was really really hard to keep a straight face when you were saying all
2: that. I just, you can just edit out everything else I said after the fact that I'm not particularly impressed with what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> uh, Tim, what about you? Are you uh, are you hearing any big news?
1: No further big news, but um, I think that they're just trying to throw uh, something at the wall and see if it sticks and see if it works. That to sounds me, like panic buy in
2: there, I mean, doesn't it? A lot of shit's been thrown at the wall.
1: I mean, let's just try and sign players that we can get between 10 and 15 million pounds. And from there, uh, someone's going to work out for us in the end. And it did work out, at least somehow, with uh, Belkacem. Uh, I think, with Chalet And surprisingly enough, our centre-backs, I think, are the signings have worked out and some haven't. Uh, and we'll just hopefully recognise that we can sell people off in the summer.
0: I'm hearing Nathan Jones' interviews, and it doesn't sound positive from me, because he's just sort of like mm-hmm. saying... That we're not going to panic. We're we're going to do this right. We're not just going to sign them for the sake of it. I keep on hearing this in in different ways. So I don't think there's going to be any more incomings. I'm afraid, I, but I could be wrong. You know, you know what the last day's like. It's always frantic, and there could be something that, that does happen. But um, I'm I'm hearing a lot of rumours about outgoings. I mean, Musa Gineppe was brought up about him. You know, listening to offers for him. Uh, Sean Dyche uh, going to Everton. Um, apparently, he wants to take Che Adams with him. And now, to me, that would be absolutely, yeah, that would be awful. You cannot you let your top goal scorer go to a rival. Again, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Nathan Jones would be that stupid. Uh, but, but you never know. You, you, you never know.
2: I mean, I thought, as far as I'm concerned, it's just a rumour. Yeah, it would be mad to let them go, I think. I don't know, unless there's somebody that we, they want to send the other way that we're interested in. But, you know. Who do, a swap, do a
0: swap deal for Calvert Lewin.
2: Calvert Lewin, just not scoring. So yeah.
0: <laughs> like for likes, then isn't it? <laughs> no more.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, outgoings. Yeah, I also heard about Junapu and um, and Shay. Yeah, Jimmy J. Morgan. Um, apparently also um doesn't want to sign professional contracts.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, he apparently he's asked to leave. And, and from what I understand, there is that he he yeah he hasn't signed that pro deal. But there was a prearranged deal until 2026. Now, he wants first-team football now. So, Something to you know, ask. Yeah. Well, he has been involved in the first team on a number of occasions this, this season. Obviously, he's not come on, but you just got to admire his confidence, I guess. He doesn't want to wait another 18 months to sign that first deal, uh, so he wants to seek first-team football elsewhere. I um, mean, he wasn't included in the B-team fixture against Middlesbrough on Friday. and, and A lot of people thought, oh, maybe he's going to be included in the Blackpool uh, First team, but again he was not there, so it looks like he's been dropped. And yeah, Ballard went straight into that team, of course, so well onto the bench. But yeah, uh, and I've I've got a, an interview that they asked um, Nathan Jones, and I've got his response on it. And he says young players will always get opportunities at this club. They have to earn that opportunity and keep doing well because there's a pathway here for the younger ones to do well, and we want to make sure we keep hold of ours. None of them will be leaving the building because we believe that development isn't a six month process or a two month process. Development is getting to 35 and looking back and saying you made good decisions and they made good decisions for me. Jimmy is only just 17 years of age. So, yeah, that's um, I don't know what's going to happen there. But again, if the kid wants to leave, you can't really stop him from going, can we? No,
2: no. I mean, I was you know, the promise is usually uh, yeah, we'll sign you on a contract and send you out on loan and see and you do. And obviously that doesn't satisfy him.
0: No, but again, like Tyler Diblin moved, didn't he, to Chelsea, and that didn't quite work out for him. And he's come back, and he's flourishing at the moment. So
2: He was a bit younger, though, wasn't
0: he? Yeah, he was a little bit younger. But Jones has, has, has got to, to get a hold of him and say, look, you need to make the right decisions and make sure it's right for you and your family and stuff, because he's 17. He's, he's just 17. He's, he's, I guess he feels like he's better than that, and he wants first-team football, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's going to get him. Uh, there was a rumour that Leeds could be interested in him, so...
2: Yeah, I've Arsenal City in the conversation as well.
0: Oh, wow. Always get a good feeling about it if you look at these potential suitors and you think, oh, if they're interested in him, there must be something that we're missing. But yeah, he's doing so well for us, and I thought it was uh, it was all coming together, but never mind. Uh, Kevin, have you got any more rumours?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, aside from, from uh, Beto and Slimana and Jackson... Um, we've got a uh, striker from Leon, Carl Toko Akambi Yeah, I mentioned him last week, um, see there's so many that I forget which ones we've mentioned and which ones we haven't uh, we definitely yeah. mentioned the few ones. that's still going, I don't know why we're still in the market for a midfielder, another striker from Monaco, Marknez Akliushe. Mm. Oh, no, yeah, well world's famous names, um, from Marseille, uh, Bamba yang No. Well, it's very French man, isn't it? Um And yeah, just today, uh, saw on Twitter that um, Lucas Moura um, could be leaving this window, so I might have a chance to slap him up. What I do don't you think,
0: think of that? Yeah, no, I don't think his wages will meet us at all. I think he'd want too much, and I don't think we'd be able to pay that. But yeah, he's That's an exciting phone deal. Uh, again yeah it'd have to be a very subsidized 50 50 60 40 wages i don't know how that will go but um but yeah and i also heard that chelsea wing back that you that you mentioned kev silko thomas but obviously that's not going to oh, happen yeah. now now that breeze that breeze arrived but yeah mm.
2: uh, yeah i mean yeah uranovic and jed spencer also mentioned but yeah now we've got Bree, then and uh, i think that puts those to rest
0: yeah, absolutely. And uh not not a Saints one, Tim, but I don't know if you saw this, but Michael Obafemi's left Swansea and he's joined Burnley. So uh that I think I only just found that out today. So he's teaming up with uh, Nathan Teller uh at oh. Burnley.
1: Yeah, th- doesn't that sound like four uh, ex-Saints that are at Burnley right now? So you've got Jack Cork, Rodriguez, mm. uh Obafemi and well, I guess Teller who's cur- currently a Saint, but yeah. So three three a uh, three plus one
0: yeah, it's looking like more. Fun. Well,
1: and <laughs> Burnley is destroying the championship right now. So mm, you'll yeah. see them and Sheffield United up next year, based on they've got a huge gap between the the playoff teams and three, three yeah. through six.
2: Doing well. I mean, there's two different generations of former Saints as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah Jack and Cork, yeah.
0: He's Captaining them as well, I think, Jack Cork. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah, Kev, any more rumours or, or anything else before we jump off this uh, roundabout?
2: Yeah, I think it's ground to a halt. Okay, and
0: we'll, we'll see. I mean, Tuesday night is the is the deadline, so uh, a couple more days still. But uh, Fingers crossed we can get that elusive number nine. Uh, Loney's Okay, I uh, just mentioned uh, a couple of them. Uh, Nathan Teller. Uh, Still playing for Burnley, played the full 90 minutes on on Saturday. Uh, Dan and Lunderloo, he's out two to three weeks with a slight hamstring strain, so that's not good news for Bolton. Uh, Kegs Chalke, yeah, he's he's gradually getting into that Exeter side. He came on for 30 seconds (laughs) uh, in Exeter's 2-0 win at MK Dons, So, yeah, he's getting recognised when the game's pretty much over uh dineau actually played the full 90 minutes in yesterday's 5-1 win over bristol rovers that's Morecambe. um caleb watts is um, injured still so he's not involved in the team um and that is about it uh nothing else to report on the loanies at the moment none of them a lot of them aren't playing um or not scoring uh birthdays then guys are quite an important birthday in the week on thursday the 26th it was dave merrington's birthday uh, now, I'm guessing you've probably seen it in the news, but uh, how old is, is Dave Merrington? Is he 75?
2: 73.
0: No, he's 78. Bah. Wow. Bless him. Seventy eight doesn't years look a old. day over 75. <laughs> Evidently, yes. Uh, Jack Stevens, Friday the 27th. How old is Jack Stevens? 34. Oh, God. No, he's not that old. 29. All right. Yeah, he's 29. Yes, 29. Fucking hell. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's, he plays like a 34-year-old Kev. But he's not quite there yet. <laughs> um, and tomorrow, Monday the 40th. Monday the 40th. Wow, I didn't realise there was 40 days in January. Jesus
2: Christ! Revolutionary calendar.
0: <laughs> Sorry, uh, Monday the 30th. Uh, Peter Crouch. How old is Crouchy? I'm
1: going to go with 40. You're going
0: to go 40, and so Tim Tim's going 40, and Kev's going 42. Yes, he is 42. Well done, Kev. Nice one. Uh, Okay, yeah, B team. Uh, They played on Friday night, Friday the 27th against Middlesbrough at Rockcliffe Park. Uh, 2-2 draw. Kev, Kev, guess who scored uh, Saints goals? Don Ballas. Yeah, you got them both. So, uh, yeah, two more to add to his ever-growing list. Uh, Next match, they play uh, Sheffield United on Friday the 3rd. Uh, It's a one-o'clock kickoff at Snow Stadium. Uh, The women. Played last Sunday uh, whilst we were recording against Durham. Um, and they drew 0-0 at Maiden Castle Sports Park. Uh, yeah, and then that next match is Sunday the 5th. So that's next Sunday, a 2 p.m. kickoff at St. Mary's. And they play Crystal Palace. Uh, Under-18s, Friday, uh, sorry, Saturday afternoon game against West Ham at Staplewood. A 2-1 win. That's a great, great win. Uh, goals from Will Merry and Tyler Dibbling. Uh, it's good to see Dibbling settling back to life at Staplewood. And yeah, great, great win, as I say. West Ham, top of the league, and they've, uh, they've played 12 won 12 Well, now it's 13-1-12, lost one. So yeah, a brilliant, brilliant win from the under-18s. Um, and next match, they play uh, next Saturday against Aston Villa. That's 11 o'clock kickoff at Staplewood, and that is the uh, under-18 Premier League Cup. OK, then, uh, guys, Newcastle United, uh, the first leg of the Carabao Cup on Tuesday. Yeah, four changes from that Villa defeat then. Bednarik was available but didn't start. Uh, but we saw we saw him for a couple of minutes in those closing stages, and as I mentioned, he didn't get a very good reaction from the fans. Uh, we saw starts for uh, Mislav Orsic and Carlos Alcaraz. Lianko continued on that right, probably for the last time. Tim, I, I was happy with the selection, and I, I, I guess I, I wow, well, yeah, I think Diallo deserved this this run. He's there on merit, really, and really wanted to see more of the new boys, Alcaraz and, and Orsich. And Mara probably had to continue given his goal against City and Gineppo, too. And we, we still had Prawce there, and you know, strong bench as we could muster you got goals on the bench from Pero. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but there's no, no complaints from me there. Did you guys see it that way?
1: No, I, I didn't. Uh, the one thing I wouldn't say I'm confused about, but thinking and looking at uh, all the, the write ups of uh, Charlie Alcaraz, he seemed to be more of a 10, in which then is that the mold that Ward Prowess is playing right now. So... Uh, when you look at a midfield 3, uh, or in this case, well, 4-2-3-1 with the center, the, the the attacking midfielder is the 10. Uh, you've got mm-hmm. a 6-8-10 rotation, Diallo being the 6 and the holding mid, Alcaraz being the 8, so the fluid box-to-box, and Ward-Prowse being the 10, uh, who ends up playing more like an 8. So, uh, to me, I like, uh, I like it. So it's a little bit of a change of shape that I expected for where Alcaraz was going to be positioned at. Uh, so overall, um, really interested to see that he definitely has that spark and we can see that he's got some pace and, um, that's, he was the most exciting person on the pitch for me, even on both teams.
0: Yeah, me too. I like, I really like the play of, of Alcaraz, um, which was great. Yeah. And, uh, Kev, uh, was it? Were you okay with the with the starters? But those um, four changes.
2: Yeah, I could understand uh, some of the changes. Um, yeah, well, um, yeah, Mara coming in, he's been right, hasn't
0: he? Well, I mean, he scored against City, didn't he? I don't think he was particularly good against Blackpool, but. I think he was being played as a false nine against Blackpool, and yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: the, the only worry is that I mean we we can see who goes where, but I whenever I look at that, I just think where are the goals coming from.
0: Well, yeah, that's it, isn't it? This is what we what we need that new signing for, but yeah, it's um it's not happened. yet. Yeah, I don't I certainly don't think Mara's the the uh, the answer to this, but I mean as the game in general. I mean as expected, Newcastle they they created more, um, had. Well, there was a few few half chances early on, really. But Joe Willock, he he blew one over the bar, didn't he? That was a bit of a, a, bit, a bit of a shocker. But nevertheless, nice to see. Yeah, but they it was a worry because Newcastle were attacking with ease, and they kind of like got into our final third, yeah. and then wasted their chances. So there were a lot of early warning signs.
2: Yeah, I just want the, the first. First half was a bit, a bit of a non-event, I suppose, really, as, as far as we're concerned. We're yeah. um, just happy we got out of it on
0: We saw a lot of the ball in our box, and they were taking it to us quite early, which was a bit of a worry for me. And then VAR got used early. Uh, Salisu on long staff. And I thought, oh, God, here we go again, but, uh, but no penalty. And it clearly, clearly got the ball. So VAR being used correctly there. Yeah, it
1: just was really, uh, we felt at least the first half, it did not look like there was any promise, any push going forward outside of a couple chances uh, with Alcaraz there. Uh, to me, I felt that uh, our wings, Jeanette Beau and especially Orsic, were completely non-existent in the game. And Mara had to drop back too far to be able to make any sort of difference. So you looked at players like Ward-Prowse and even like Lianco, uh, were who were the major proponents of keeping the ball. Um, but even then, we didn't hold the ball for too long. So that first half with the over 60% possession for Newcastle having it, um, it just gave them more opportunity for chances.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of got the feeling that that was the game plan that Nathan Jones said because you know it 's a two legged game you don 't want to go out there get keep yourself wide open, and that Newcastle just completely punch you you know punch you down before before the uh, return leg so I guess he was kind of just going to i just the, the, the plan was maybe just to keep the ball just keep your shape and frustrate Newcastle and then kind of try try and catch him on the counter but of course it didn't didn 't work that way. we were taking up a lot of pressure from um From Newcastle early on but like you said there wasn't an awful lot of chances in that first half it wasn't like it wasn't as if we were getting completely pummeled it was just a lot you know heavy possession from Newcastle but not really doing an awful lot with it apart from those wasted chances
1: Newcastle is a team that is okay with letting the other team have the ball um they don't mind uh well yeah because they they, they don't
0: because they don't concede goals they just they don't know how to how to concede goals do they really it's just they're a a strong unit back there especially this season.
1: And that's – you want to – at least for at least the, with Nathan Jones, the only games that we've had more possession in are the the Wednesday game and now the Blackpool game compared to uh, – so hmm. seeing seeing that, and it was more 50-50 terms of possession towards the second half. Um, but I think that they could – if they were more clinical in finishing, I feel like they hit the – they went over the bar or, or wide from the bar, like – four or five times. I feel like they were just pummeling us, but just couldn't, just couldn't hit the, uh, couldn't, couldn't keep hit the goal, which is, is great.
0: <laughs> That's what you want to hear. Um, Kev, Chaletasar picked up his first yellow card with a tackle on Almiron. Um, <laughs> took one for the team there, I think, because I think he really, really did need to make that tackle. Um, Because, you know, Almiron, the form that he's in, he would have been, he would have been gone. But yeah, I think that was a good professional tackle there from, from dcc
2: yeah even um yeah, the tackle that um got him sent off you can you can see oh yeah <laughs> i'll get, it, um, I'll, get yeah.
0: I'll definitely definitely get to that
2: <laughs> um yeah but no he's definitely definitely a team player definitely taking well oh, yes. taking taken one for the team he's yeah. taken two for the team is not
0: he absolutely absolutely yeah and um kev we had var used again uh had the ball in the net and uh, handball, a yeah. decision VAR, VAR takes a look and rules it out. Was that the correct decision, do you think, in your opinion?
2: Right. And this was what it was confusing at the time. And it's probably confused me um, even more now that uh, it's uh, almost a week on. But so the referee um, ruled that it was a handball. VAR looked at it and decided oh, did- that there wasn't enough evidence yes. to overrule his decision. Yes. One way or the
0: other. I got it confused then. I thought that the referee had given the goal and then VAR had given it a handball, but no, you're right. Yeah, that that that's the um, crux of it, really, wasn't it? It was a handball that the referee said no goal. VAR then looked at it. Oddly enough, though, you can see this better in real time. It was one of those because, I mean, mm. none of the camera angles or slow motions were conclusive enough. So this is why that, you know, they couldn't give it as a goal. I, I guess it was a bit harsh on Newcastle, but and if it had been... You know, Saints, would we would we be ruining our luck a bit
2: there? Um, probably, but I mean, you know, I I think if well, we we were on the end of a, a VAR handball decision later on in the same match. so yeah. mm-hmm. we we don't have to theorise about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, just looking at this decision, yeah, I think being completely uh, trying to be completely neutral, yeah, I think that's the way it should be. That's what VAR should do, right? It should be. A, a way to assist the the referee. That's the way the procedure should work, and that's what is done here. Yeah, we we were, the luck went in our favour on this particular decision. But yeah, <laughs> if if the procedures are followed, you can't <laughs> argue with that.
0: Okay, that's fine. And and at half time, Tim, uh, I, the British television we had Les Ferdinand, who used to be a, a centre forward for for Newcastle. He was in the forwards club, and he said, no, that you know, I I stand by. That was his hip. It wasn't his arm. Um, the goal should have stood. It's,
2: it's always the former players, isn't it? for the clubs? <laughs> but that no, that he,
0: but he did say that when VAR looked at it, there was no way they could really give it, could they? Because there was nothing mm-hmm. conclusive. And like I said, there is no uh, in real time. It looks like it hit his arm in slow motion. It looked like he got away with it. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I'd say it's inconclusive. Yeah,
1: I think we uh, we got away with it. Um, I think that because of the call on on the field, and then from there they couldn't overrule it. That's the only reason why it wasn't um, done that way. And okay, I so see-
0: so put it the other way. Sorry to interrupt. If mm-hmm. um if the referee had said no, that wasn't that wasn't a goal. That was handball, and then VAR had have stepped in and said. Uh, what you know, could they have overturned it then?
1: I think they would have kept the, the call on the field. Uh, okay. so the call, the call on the field, I feel like the NFL because they always have challenges, <laughs> but a call, yeah. a call on the pitch. And in this case, be, well, with bias aside, I could see why that they couldn't definitively have conclusive video evidence to change the call on the field. So the call, stands. absolutely,
0: absolutely, yeah. So whatever the ref had said, whether it a goal or not. VIR cannot overturn it because it was inconclusive like kev said
1: i think it's right now mm. it, it's happy that it goes in our favor because we've gotten some <laughs> shit calls that have gone against us yeah so hold that thought because it.
0: it's definitely certainly going to come <laughs> it, the luck certainly swings back the other way um i don't, I don't know kev i just think we, we couldn't really get into the tie could we there was not much at all that really going for us we had scraps Alcaraz had a wild shot that was um I guess it was quite awkward, but, but Pope made the save in the end. Um, now I want to talk to you, Kev, about what Pope did after that. It, when he runs out and heads the ball, and you nearly decapitates Musa Gineppo. completely flattened him. And I, I was I was really screaming at the TV because they had Don Goodman who was who was on Sky, and he was very pro Pope here. He was saying that he was unlucky. Uh, that, that you know that there was a free kick. Well, there wasn't a free kick, was there? Went, went to a throw-in in the end, but and he had to make that challenge, and there was not a care or word on geneppo's well-being at all because he had concussion and you could see it when he stood up Mm -hmm. he was wobbly and his eyes were all over the place you could see the (laughs) trainer well yeah that's true but (laughs) you could see the doctor like doing it like follow my finger kind of thing and he wasn't even following it and there was no mention from sky whatsoever which was awful because not one of them picked up that he's got um symptoms of concussion there and yeah, they were just like, oh Pope Pope had to make that Pope had to do it. No, he fucking did. he didn't have to do. He didn't even have to make it. That's a bad challenge. This is just me, but yeah, I I just think it, um Giannepo was a little bit uh, flattened to say the least.
2: What, what are you calling for a yellow card on on Pope? Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I I am. Yeah, I I am. Do you think Pope was was fine to do what he did?
2: Uh, I think it was clumsy for sure. Um, yeah, with the intense there. Uh, I don't
0: uh, I don't competency. think there was any intent. But I just think it was a little bit.
2: Reckless.
1: Yeah, that's Speaking from a keeper's perspective... Oh, uh, no, it's...
0: he's in the club now.
2: I've no, 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 no. <laughs> I've gotten away with... He a cock in the like face. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> benefit of the doubt is usually given to the keeper. Uh, safety and premise. And, I mean, we have a different set of rules that are completely governing us. Mm. So, the benefit of the doubt, it, it's a foul on Gineppo, and it, 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 shouldn't, it shouldn't have been that way. It's shit. It's not... Hmm. I don't even know why they considered it. They they have to call more penalties on the keepers. They just really really do. Overprotected um, they are. So this I won't say this is a protection issue, but the benefit of the doubt and the rules seem to be that they're treated differently and hmm. they, as in we, uh, collectively, I really do feel that aggressiveness is not penalized enough on a on a keeper uh, when you take out people like that they need to be called, uh, even if they did or didn't get the ball. I mean, if they did get the ball, yes, I understand. But when they don't get it, it just...
0: Well, he did get the ball, but he got Gineppo as well. But I just thought it was flipped. If it was the other way around, if Gineppo would have headed the ball and then collided into Pope, there would have been serious consequences there. A goalkeeper goes down with concussion, and that is it. You know, the the whole team will crowd around him. Uh, they protect their goalie. And that's what I... Yeah, I don't know. I just thought that that Musa didn't really get a fair shout there. He was completely flattened and nobody gave a shit. So I just, yeah, I didn't like it at all. Um, And that was just bad from Sky. That's just my opinion, though. I mean, I guess you could get a Newcastle fan on there and say that, yeah, he was entitled to go and head that ball out. And he did head the ball out. He got there first and there was a collision. It's a football incident. You could argue that. But no, for me, I just think it was reckless and... Yeah, I just feel a little bit, feel a little bit sorry for
2: Musa there. I'm watching it back in, in slow motion. Um, it, it doesn't look as forceful as I remember it in real time.
0: Hmm, okay.
2: Just on the edge of the area. I mean, yeah, yeah, he gets to the ball, he heads it out. Uh, yeah, he's not like you say, he's not left with any other option. Um, I don't think he goes that hard. I and mean, Musa just, just, yeah, maybe because he's made of paper.
0: Um, yeah, he's a bit lightweight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see, I can see arguments for Newcastle. I just won't listen to them. Um, but yeah, and then one shot on target for Saints uh, in the in the half, and that was um, that was Alcaraz. That was that wild one from from a long way out.
2: Wasn't that bad, right?
0: No, no, it was it was fine. It was okay. Um, it's a shot on target. We need to we need to celebrate them like goals now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Newcastle themselves, they you know they edged possession and, and they only had two shots on target. So again, you know, it wasn't as if we were getting completely pummeled and and then there was that chance, wasn't there, from Jonathan? He had that big, big chance, and more warnings. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm not sure how he missed that. It was just straight over the bar, and and then Botman had yeah. one a minute later, and but it was those crosses that were coming into the box, and it was they, they were warnings, and of course they scored their goal in yeah.
2: that. Yeah, I mean it was a long while later, but um, yeah, I mean how he managed to blaze it over from <laughs> point blank range. I mean that it, it was an empty net basically, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, you yeah. just had to. The ball had to just fall on his foot, and roll it. That would have done. But, uh, yeah, luckily for us, he skied it.
0: Our best chance, Tim, it came on 64 minutes, and that was Alcaraz with a lovely, lovely, well-timed through ball, uh, splitting <laughs> Trippier and Botman right into the path of Che Adams. But Che Adams uh, does what he's been doing most of the season. He missed with a one-on-one. Um, was that ever in doubt? I mean, it's just a bit of a weak effort, really, wasn't it?
1: Disappointing, uh, you expect starting striker of a premier league team to bury the chance like that. He shot the ball and it was no more than a foot to the mm. well, to you know, stage. Right. So yeah, stage he made right. it
0: easy for Pope, didn't he?
1: Oh, it made him look, it made Pope look way better than he needed to. Now, whether do you try and shift the keeper there, that's difficult, but I think that you need to make a better attempt, way better attempt on goal. Uh, than that. You need to put it top corner. You need to be able to put it to this. You, you need to be able to shoot in a better perspective than that. And it was super disappointing, and I think we've seen that time and time again now. And it's very, very, very I would say disgruntled, but to me, Adams does all the dirty work. He does. He works his ass off. He, he, he's got a great attitude. He does everything right, but he can't finish these one-on-one situations, and it, it's it's not going to help.
0: No, it's and it's a, it's a confidence issue, isn't it, Kev? It's it's just confidence. I, I'm I'm thinking, does a you know ten to fifteen goal a season, Che Adams, bury that?
2: Um, yeah, if such a Che Adams exists or has ever existed. Um,
0: we're, we're we're still you know, we're still waiting to see that. But my point is, if, if he ever does become that goal scoring threat for us, and if he's he, he's going to need a good run of confidence and. A good run of goal scoring, yeah. and, and, he, and he buries it. He's got the potential, hasn't he? I just think it's all in his head.
2: A lot of it is, and, you know, we see that when we're up against weaker teams, he does perform, and, you know, maybe... God, I hate to say it, but, um, yeah, Shay and, and Adam Armstrong as well. I think if we get a run in the championship and they start scoring for fun, mm. do you think they go back up? Just, Just as a thought experiment... Yeah. Do we both, go yeah. back up a stronger side? If they're side?
0: both there, yeah, I would say so.
2: Yes. Because it's not just confidence; it's greed as well. I mean, Shea had um, Armstrong on there, and if he'd, uh, you know, passed passed the ball forward across, the, there was no one to his right, and uh, he would have had um, all the time on the ball to 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 find the back of the net. Uh,
0: he also had a lot of time there as well. And I, I, when I say it's all in his head, you have a time lot, is you his have, enemy, though exactly that's what I'm saying you've got all that time to to think about it and you're thinking right right where am I going to put this left right am I going to chip it am I going to do this I haven't been scoring I need to get I need to get this time's running out quick shoot and that's what happened. It I just... mean,
2: do, you, do you remember against um Lincoln in the cup I, I was I was there and it was yeah. just uh, the crowd was just going absolutely nuts he had a, um, mm. four or five chances that he you know takes it's a step decides not to shoot takes another one takes another touch and then, um, yeah, by the end he's run out of space and uh, indecisive. Yeah, it's just when when he's got all the time in the world, he, he just overthinks things.
0: I don't know if he's working with anyone to uh, to sort his head game out, but um, I I guess he kind of needs to at the moment. Uh, but yeah, there we are. Big chance that you know you're not going to get that many against against Newcastle and you know, how the run that Nick Pope's on at the moment. You need to take those chances when, when you get them. Um, but, yeah, we didn't hear the warning, did we? Because Joe Linton, he he had the goal on the 72nd minute, um, all coming from super sub Alexander Isak. Chalet couldn't really keep up with him. Yeah. Um, slides it it on. Bench. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I'm not going to blame it on DCC. Um, but, you know, Isak was quicker and he was off the bench, fresher. Puts it on a plate for the big man. And I say... I say Tim that Jolinton can't miss, but he did miss one pretty similar. Um but this yeah, time from about he, the same he, range. Yeah. Uh, but this time Tim he he tucks it away and yeah, that's what you know, one nil.
1: So he's like me when you play on FIFA, that he didn't actually change the depth in which he presses the button. He just shot from a lot closer <laughs> and he couldn't sky it that way. So <laughs> going through, he was able to just smash it home and with the right positioning, so good for him and shit on us, but ESEC made DCC look... Like you know, a championship
0: put a, defender. Yeah, it made him look like he was put, you put him on ice. Seconds later, a dream goal for Adam Armstrong, but of course it was too good to be true, and VAR intervenes, handball again. Right, Kev, talk us through this one, because yes, it's hit oh. his hands, but is that the reason that it went into the net? It could not be avoided, surely? And it actually last touched Dan Burns' knee. So that was unlucky. I, I don't, I'm, I don't know about this one. Now handballs, it's difficult, isn't it, with, with, with a handball decision like that? Because I'm not really sure on the rules on this. Now I know if you're, a, you're a defender and your, and your hand comes out of the silhouette of your body and it stops the ball, it's a, you know, red card, goal, uh, penalty rather. But this one was different because it kind of like, it hits his hand, then goes onto Burns' knee and then goes in the net.
2: But I mean, you know, if there's a hand in. Anywhere in the build-up to the, to the goal doesn't it get given as a handball.
0: But then it comes into play, like, was it deliberate? And was it away from his body and, and things like that?
2: I thought that that was becoming more and more irrelevant in the ruling.
0: Well, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. It depends which referee you've got. Tim, what do you think of this?
1: I agree, unfortunately. I think that because the way the hand hit the ball and then was directed into the net... It, it wasn't in the. It wasn't like the fifth or the sixth or the seventh touch previous to it. It was the second or third, and the ball went directionally towards the goal after hitting the hand, unintentionally, of course. And because of that, it, if it didn't hit the hand now, if it hit his, if his knee or his hip or something like that, uh, then it's obviously a clear. But it was the right call, unfortunately.
0: But surely. Adam Armstrong can't do anything about it because he's kind of like falling down as it hits oh, his arm. Of so course. So if but if, if he's being seen to make an effort to move his hand, then shouldn't that go in, in 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 a little bit in his favor?
1: Yes, I mean there is clearly no intent there for him to use and play the ball with his hand. It just happened to be there in a natural position. Uh, but the rule states, and I went back and looked through it, it, it it it's it's correct in this case because of the phase of play. Pushed the mm-hmm. you know pushed into the net. It, it, it's shit. I, I think I, I think it was a ricochet.
0: Sorry, I didn't get a definitive answer. Was it was it right to be chalked off? Yes or no? It
2: does hit his hand. It is a handball. I, I find it difficult to argue against it. It's unfortunate. It wasn't deliberate. Clearly, it was just a ricochet. You know, where it goes from thigh to thigh and off his you know uh, off off his hand and yeah and it, yeah, doesn't come directly in, into the net from his hand. But yeah, either way, I thought, yeah, yeah, it's it's difficult to. Okay. Understand. All
0: right, I tried. <laughs> um, mm. and then of course I mean, we we did take up a little bit more pressure, and there, there was a chance from Murphy. Uh, I think Isak had a had a chance that he slid wide. Um, but I wanna I wanna discuss the Challetusar red card or, or the second yellow. Um, you kind of picked it up up on it earlier with his first. I'm glad he made that challenge because I mean if he hadn't have made that this challenge on um. Uh, it was on um, Allenton Maxon, man. Uh, then we'd be facing a 2-0 deficit at St. James's Park for sure. Um, so, yes, Kev, he did take another one for the team. And I, I loved that. I, yeah. How when, when he was shown the second yellow card, he thought, OK, I've already been sent off. I might as well shove Bruno Gimmerish too. I mean, if you're going to do something mm. wrong, do it right. So he gives him a little bit of a shove as well, which I thought, yeah, that's great. Why don't you punch Jacob Murphy as you were coming off as well? Because that would have made it. That would have made my day because, oh, my God, he came over and got I him, and
2: could, him off. Mm. Yeah.
0: But not before that. He comes over and he just pushes. He had a tiny little push, a little, little tiny one just to show that I'm standing up for my teammate here. Um, and then he waves him off. And I just thought, yeah, well played to DCC there for not lashing out because I would have done. <laughs> just, um, yeah. I Just. Yeah. Do you know what we should do? We should start a little um, just giving page and pay his fine for him. Because I thought he was, um, yeah, he did take two for the team. Both yellow cards there were for the team. And I'm not arguing against the decisions because they were both yellow cards. He did deserve to go. But, yeah, I just want to clap and applaud Chaleta Saar for doing it because I think it was great.
2: And it needed, to, needed how, to happen. How much was the fine?
0: I don't know. I don't know how much they get fined for now. I'm, obviously, it's more for, for misconduct as well. If you get a straight red, um, then, yeah, it would have been a little bit more. But I don't know what, what the uh, what the fines are. But let's pay it. Let's do it. Let's let's start a just given page. No,
1: I don't want to pay any millionaires' fines. They they have enough money as it is. But I will say, and I you know go out in public and or private or whatever is necessary. But tell him, hey, you did the right thing, regardless of you know the way it was set up. You got you got knocked out, and your red card only cost you the appearance against. Mm. Uh, Blackpool, so he's able to come back and play against them in the, the following Tuesday. So I yes. think that is okay uh, in the way that it all worked out. Uh, he got a he got the break on the weekend, and he's going to come back and start against them, and come back with a little bit more of fire and knowing that he's going to be coming after Willick. I think you're not going to, see, he, he did the right thing. Like you said, he didn't piss him off. He didn't, uh, uh, he just walked off the pitch, did his own thing. And he's going to get the, he's going to get the better of Willick uh, in this coming game. I think that's what's going to happen.
0: I hope he gets the better of Jacob Murphy as well, if he starts, because I'd love that. But yeah, he, um, yeah, we had Bella back, of course, for the, for the Blackpool game. So Gillette, Sarr was not missed in that, in that regard. So yeah. Um, I say when he,
2: when the referee was showing the red card for a fraction of a second, I thought he was showing it to Gimoresh. I was like, no way! What's he done? Have I missed something? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was
0: like, okay. Yeah, he got pushed, <laughs> and he did yeah. defend himself. <laughs> yeah, uh, give him a white card. What is the white card for? It's a positive one. So if you do something good, you get a white card. I guess if you accumulate, I don't know, if you accumulate so many, you Fair get play money. Card. Yeah, or you get a point maybe. If you get if you get like ten per team in a season, then you get a point. That would give you incentive not to cheat and dive and fight, wouldn't it? Oh, or yeah.
2: yeah, you get a get out of jail free cards for one yellow card or something. <laughs>
0: Or you get a VAR decision go your way. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, but that was enough. It was it was a one nil loss, and it's only halfway there, of course. But um, we still we still have a slight slight chance. Um, Kevin, do you have any stats there?
2: As always, just the usual. Um, yeah, possession. Um, obviously Newcastle had, had a bit more, but not by much. Forty four percent we had possession to the fifty six. Um, yeah, thirteen shots we had. Uh, they had fifteen. Very close. Very um, even, yeah. Three shots on target each. Um, yes, yeah, the, the
0: stats would suggest it was a close one too, wouldn't it? I mean...
2: That, that, that's the way I remember the match. It was a close one. I mean, Newcastle had the better moments and opportunities, but it was a, it was a fairly hence, even event.
0: Hence the 1-0, yeah. Very hmm. close, but Newcastle just edging it, yeah. Yeah. Um, Man of the match, Tim. I'm going to go with
1: Alcaraz. Uh, made his first start, I believe. Oh, I could be yeah. for, I could be. Yeah, first start yeah. there. Uh, put one out. Put out a shift. Uh, didn't complain. And uh, well, we've seen that he has a, potentially has a hothead. At least I've heard that in the past. So he's Argentinian.
0: Uh, of course, he's a hothead.
1: Yeah, I know absolutely. So Diallo went out there, did pretty, pretty, pretty well. Played pretty, pretty decent. Salisu went out there, uh, did all right um but let's go with uh, Alcaraz thank you I for starting welcome to, to Seconds
0: that as well I like that yeah I'm taking it So lots to like about him I think he's got clear technical ability and he's great on the ball and he showed his teeth with his with his yellow card as well so he has got that little bit of a bite to him so yeah I think he was good and that pass that he made to Che um was was brilliant and I, I just want to see more of that and I, I again, I don't know his best position. Like you mentioned, him is he going to be used as that number eight? Is he going to be used as that number ten? I think he's got the potential to do both. So that I think it's exciting. You know, a midfield with Ward, Prowse, Lavia, and Alcaraz, it could be really good moving forward. So um, a lot of uh, excitement there.
2: Yeah, it's unanimous. Um, um, we did see a bit of him against Villa, and he looked good there. But yeah, here he was just on another level. I think. Uh, I mean, not that there weren't other good performances. Uh, but, yeah, I just think he stood out, and uh, I'm going to give it in my mind the match as well.
0: Excellent, excellent, excellent. Okay, so on to Blackpool then from Saturday the 28th, uh, an FA Cup fourth round. Tim, rotation was expected, and, and that's what we got. But what I didn't expect was no James Ward-Prowse, not even on the bench. Uh, so a rare, rare weekend off for him. Uh, but uh, Dominic Ballard on the bench. Uh, Arma Belacocha back, that's nice to see. Uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles uh, in at right back, Lianco back to his usual centre back role, Perot in with devastating effect, arebo back, um, captain's armband for Big Willie Caballero. Not the most exciting of lineups, but I, I was it, it. I mean, it must have been one that jones felt could do a job against a struggling Championship side. Um, and if truth be told, you know, it, it shouldn't have even been as close as it was. But yeah, I I I was. I was okay with the lineup. I I, I would rather have this rotation.
1: Yeah, it's exactly what I was hoping for or wanted at least. Uh, seeing seeing the lineup, we went to a back a pure back four, mm. with Perot and AMN being much more attacking uh, fullbacks, and with Leonko who can be progressive and play play forward. And then give Kochep, uh some minutes after the injury, which had we saw a little scare as he went down there. Seven
0: a, bloody minutes!
1: <laughs> I thought it was a tenth, but yeah, even oh. even then he just felt felt a niggle and was a little scared, but played through. So um, hopefully that won't uh, hurt his injury recovery timeline. Uh, all in all, I was happy to see Rebo. I think we've been playing Rebo out of position this entire this entire season. Um, I do think, though, that he does mimic where it would be Ward Prowse's position. So the comments that Nathan Jones made said, oh, what, what's going on with the Rebo? He's like, well, he's unlucky because he plays in uh, that, you know, the the, the cam, the 10. Mm. Uh, the only surprise really to me was Lavia starting. I think that he's our starting uh, CDM in our six. So putting him out against Blackpool was not um, – I didn't want him to go out and get injured because I think if we lost him, he's the linchpin to that that defensive that defensive midfield position and really the mid the entire midfield. Uh, so I, I all in all uh, could have been a lot worse, but happy to see some minutes go to Aribo and uh, Orsich, who needed uh, need some uh, adjusting uh, coming into the Premier League.
0: Yeah, Orsic didn't didn't uh he didn't do great, did he? And he only played what what did he play? He played just over the hour. Um, he come on he come off for um Theo Walcott. Um, I don't know. I was expecting to see a little bit more get from him from a uh from a, against the Championship side. I mean, you look at his uh, his other winger um Adozy, who just was involved a little bit more and was exciting more than Orsic. That's the way I saw it anyway. Um, Kev, were you happy with the lineup?
2: Yeah. Uh, I suppose so, I, I think he could, have, he could have announced a fully changed lineup, and it would have been about equally as strong. I mean, who are the players who remained in this team from the Newcastle match? I mean, you've got Ljanko, uh, Orsic, and Orsic, Mara. Yeah.
0: Oh, Mara, of course, yeah.
2: You know, you could, you could stick Che or uh, Armstrong in there. Um, There's a lot of playing on Stu and what's, what's what's going on with him. Oh no, Stu's uh, out
0: for another month or so.
2: Ah no. Yeah. Explains it. Um, yeah, and as well.
0: Well like I said, I mean I, I guess he just thought well this team is going to be enough to to, to to overcome a struggling championship side and well it was, but not not as comfortable as
2: but, as yeah, but there's players there's players who need minutes and uh, mm. yeah definitely pleased to see Perot left back um a little confused why Ainsley maitland <laughs> Niles. Yeah, rather than Walker Peters, but you no know, okay, dry minutes.
0: Oh well, I mean, yeah. he needs minutes as well, doesn't he, Maitland-Niles? And he's not going to get them
2: um, at the moment, elsewhere. Premier League, I don't, the ego, don't think, no.
0: No, yeah. So again, not a great start, was it? Armal Belakotchuk. He comes back in, and well, within ten minutes of his return, he's down injured again, and frightening moment. Um, but but yeah, thankfully he did return. Uh, Kev, most of the attacking play, from what I saw and from what I remember, uh, it came from uh, a dozy down the right, yeah. and that of course was the gateway to the opener. I mean, he wins a free kick when um, who's the left back there? Is it Husband? Yeah, James Husband takes him down. Um, a free kick and yeah, no Prousey, but no problem. And Roman Pero, lovely here and uh, lovely separation from the wall as well. Uh, yeah, N- Net's his third of the season.
2: Yes, Roman Moses Perrault parted <laughs> the wall like the Dead Sea. Um, Yeah, yeah, very lucky. I mean, it's just a perfect gap that opened up in the wall. I don't know how, how we spotted that that was going to happen, but um, let, let's say that it, it was his intention. Yes. Yeah, it was. Super, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah you getting in at the far court,
0: wow. It's, it's great when you've got a free kick in in that sort of position and you've got, you know, you know James Ward-Prowse, I know he wasn't playing, but... Proustie and uh, the left foot of, of Roman Perrault, you got it from both sides because you know that Perrault can hit the ball and he, and he did prove it in this game uh, a number of occasions. And and this season as well. Uh, but, Tim, Blackpool, I don't know, they they got themselves back into the tie when they, when they really should have been put to bed. Perveda, the guy, he's on loan from Leeds, I believe, isn't he? He, he tried a chip on Big Willie. Um, and then the rebound, my goodness. I mean, I'm not sure how he missed that. Uh, he missed the target too. It's dreadful, but... I don't know, maybe you did a shay and panicked a little bit.
1: Yeah, I said in our ra- write-up last week that I remember, their, most, yeah. their, their, their best players are the ones on loan. So Paveda, who d- did play a little bit last year for Leeds in the Premier League and yeah. is now getting some good time at, at Blackpool, and then Charlie Patino, who we'll talk about here probably shortly, um, it, from Arsenal. So giving those chances, we just fell asleep, and that's a problem. Um, I don't know why we feel that way or we just have to like you know hey you know let's just make things a little more interesting for the fans and make things more on edge, <laughs> which is the last thing that we want. Um, we just got caught sleeping figuring that something somebody was going to happen. Leonko got Leonko was probably last man back and but he got drifted out so far wide that Bell either forgot his mark and then there was Orsich back there, I believe who was the other one who was still covering and, and, and hustling. so great for him. Uh, because that's about the only thing that he did uh, all game, mm. and yeah, and then <laughs> Big Willie style he gets a big old palm, and he's like, he's like, "Fuck you, you're not gonna chip me," <laughs> like, and then you can just see him so pissed off, and there's nothing, uh, there's nothing more pissed, uh, fun to look at it than a pissed off Big Willie, because I think he just he he has that aggression, and he knows where people should be, and he's like, "Why should I be fucking doing this? This is what's yeah. dumb." Where if he saw the 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 shot that got deflected uh, earlier, where he hit a palmen over a over the top, he wasn't pissed at that because he knew that that's just the, from the natural run of play. When people mar- aren't marking their positions, you're going to see the goalie talk and be and be yelling. Where I don't see that from Baz.
0: Yeah, Kev Hero again, second goal, brilliant goal. This one, um, his second of the game and fourth of the season. What's he on? He can open a can of beans with his left foot, can't he? He's just been yeah, excellent. Yeah, I
2: mean, I proper. You know, um, strikers finish as well. Really, <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> really, come. Maybe um we don't need to sign up striker in the window. <laughs> we've got one Just there. Well, home, we so.
0: we've yeah. joked about that before, haven't we? We said stick him up top, but yeah, let's let's do it. He can't do any worse, can he?
2: But yeah, yeah. <laughs> one two there uh, with Mara. Mm. And yeah. Yeah, just just the the control and everything.
0: But this is the frustrating bit, right? You're 2 nil up and and there's not any doubt. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) never making it easy again. You know, Charlie Patino scores five minutes after being two down and we're struggling to close the game out again. And now I'm looking at potential dates for a Bloomfield Road replay. Were you really? Yeah, I was thinking, when's that going to be? <laughs> when are we going to? Oh, oh, when are we going to squeeze that into the busy schedule already?
2: Weekend um, trip to Black.
0: Yeah, and I thought, well, no, it'd be a midweek one, won't it? We let we open the door and let Blackpool come into it, and then just made it uncomfortable, Tim. And it was just, it it, it didn't need to happen. It was we should have been comfortable at
1: this point. You know, what's the <laughs> what's the best way to fix the team to stop playing like shit? Yeah, that's the best way to fix to fix it all. So being nervy against uh, Blackpool at home isn't something that we should be having to worry about. We should be having a comfortable 2-0 win against the team. Where yes, one of the goals was a pure mistake on their end. Um, they let the they let the ball go through the wall. Now whether or not that's the w- positioning Southampton was against their wall. And their, their keeper didn't call it out. So uh, that's their mistake. And then a, a good a good one, too, from Perot, who's becoming the most clinical finisher on our team <laughs> and has clearly has the best left foot on the team.
0: And Kev, just an indicator as well, that, that um, things weren't going the way that uh, Nathan Jones thought it would. He made all his five substitutions. Uh, So, yeah, clearly not comfortable. Kai Walker-Peters comes on, Ibrahim Diallo, Theo Walcott, possibly he was probably going to be primed to come on anyway. Uh, Adam Armstrong and Che Adams all getting uh, game time when they probably didn't want to or need to. All of those players you feel are going to be, apart from Walcott, are going to be involved in that second leg against Newcastle. So something that they didn't need or want to do.
2: I suppose so, but yeah, for Diallo, Armstrong and Shea, it was only like five minutes. I don't think it makes a huge huge amount of difference there. The only real disappointment is that some of the youngsters on the bench didn't manage to, I say some of them, who just just done battle, wasn't it?
0: I wanted him for, for Mara. I was calling for yeah. that on the hour. I was like, let's give him a run around. Let's see what what what's the worst that can happen now, right? Let's do it. Well, then you do that, we concede,
2: and then, yeah, but it wouldn't them, be, the, it, wouldn't really be it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be because of
0: him. It wouldn't be because of him. It would be
2: because of him, but yeah, you you. Might Unless find he gives the penalty away, to... away,
0: but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and <laughs> just you know, uncomfortable six minutes of stoppage time as well, and you know the, the three straight corners from Blackpool, um, and their keeper comes up, Maxwell. He comes up for him. I just oh went on forever, didn't it? Do we really need to be? I just want this to stop now. And yeah, do we really need to be thinking of this? And oh goodness me, yeah. But we we did hang on, and you know we got we got the win. I suppose that's what we should be really focusing on. It's a win. Um, it's not always pretty, is it? But you don't look back at that. You just see it as a as a win into the round yeah. uh, into round five and. Yeah, is there any? I mean, I haven't even looked at the stats on this, Kevin. Partly because I'm too scared to. But um, have you got anything that's going to uh, that's going to surprise I, uh,
2: if, me? If if you'd like the classic stats, I would um, love the classic stats. 66% possession to us, okay. 34 to them. Uh, yeah, like Tim said, that doesn't happen very often, but only when we're playing weaker right opposition. <laughs> um yeah 14 shots we had they had 11 shots and uh three of ours were on target five of theirs were
0: jesus christ really only three out of 14 oh my goodness
2: yeah and um we had uh 10 corners and they had seven all of which probably happened in the last five minutes
0: oh uh, yeah probably yeah and i mean I'm just looking at them now, actually. Some more stats, and you look at the, the passes compared to their 471 passes to their 187. That would suggest that we did have 66% of possession, but again, only three shots on target. It's not good enough, is it? Three shots on target, and all three of them were from Roman That's insane. So. Yeah, and a word on a Dozy as well. Um, created two chances as well down that side, so that that was uh, that was nice. Um, yeah, and Armour Belikotchap eleven, sorry, nine clearances on his return. Um, and four saves from Big Willie. So, yeah, individually, some good, some decent performances there, but uh, on a whole, it was a yeah very disappointing game and one that I just wanted it to be over and done with. We have got over it, and it's, let's move on. Um, but man of the match, uh, Kev, it's got to be Pero, surely, right? Yeah,
2: you'd have to be crazy to give it to uh, anyone else. Or, although, you know, fair play to um, uh, Caballero for being yeah dusted off and... Uh, Put in goal there and 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 do a decent job, uh, but yeah, the players have to go to Román Perot. and I I don't care if Nathan Jones is playing three at the back, four at the back, five at the back. I think uh, Perot gets in any of those with um, computers on the other side. Me too. And if, I've all, if I've if always he said do that, that you can fuck off. I've always
0: said that, but then you know. Mm. It hasn't always worked out this season with injuries and stuff. But, yeah, I, I, Perot needs to go straight in the, into that to see. Um, yeah, I don't
2: understand. Like, uh, it's not as if he's been disappointed. I can't understand why he's been left outside.
0: Can you remember one game that he's had a bad one? Can you remember any time that he's let us down? Or that, no, just no, exactly. A yeah, or have we ever spoken about him in the negative? Because oh, I can't think of it. He's just there. He either goes unnoticed or he does something wonderful like that West Ham he scored a couple of goals against West Ham now, but won the cup last year. Uh, and the game that he had here was exceptional. Uh, and he's the reason, isn't he, that we're, that we're free? So, yeah, Pero, you are a master. And as I say, that and left- now
2: we know that he's got a, you know, a good free kick in him as well. Maybe he'll uh, be uh, making a bit of competition for Browsing.
0: There's, if, if there's a free kick on the right of the goal, then, yeah, Prowsey would be like, yeah, you can have this one, I'm afraid. Yeah, you, you, you take it. So, yeah, just standing in his shadow no longer. So that now we know what he can do. they again, it was, you know, the, the the Blackpool defense which helped us out. OK, uh, Tim, man of the match?
1: Realistically, it's actually Perrault.
0: OK, uh, and of course, uh, we've got two games again next week. We've got that Carabao Cup semi-final second leg and the return to Premier League against Brentford. Tim, you're on hand to to talk us through this. Uh, but first, we'll go Newcastle, uh, Tuesday, the 31st. That's eight o'clock at St. James's Park. And of course, it's on Sky Sports. Uh, this is going to be an almighty task now, isn't it? And it's, it's it's not impossible. But, you know, we haven't won at St. James's Park since 2015. Uh, and given them a one nil head start is not the way to go, is it? Um, but you know, they've had a week off as well because no FA Cup action, which is why it was kind of vital that, that Jones wanted to rotate a squad for that Blackpool game and give his first team every opportunity. Um, to, to be as fresh as, as possible for Newcastle. And, you know, he's going to be giving us this. He, we've got to give it a bloody good go here because Prowsey should be raring to go. And, and, you know, if we can upset Man City, then we can upset Newcastle. We need to give it 100% effort. But before we get Tim's thoughts, just quickly, Kev, what chance of the ultimate upset and a trip to Wembley?
2: Square root of fuck all.
0: <laughs> okay, that's Kev's thoughts. But yes, Tim. Why are we going to win this game?
1: So what's going to happen with us is uh, we have we're going to continue our cup magic. Nathan Jones has not lost in the cup yet. So to me, seeing that he's going to maybe potentially, hopefully, willingly build on his uh, momentum there. So while he hasn't lost in the cup, I mean, he has not actually we have
0: lost. We we lost one now.
1: Yes. Well, he hasn't. (laughs) It might be that I should have corrected myself. He hasn't gotten knocked out, knocked out yet. So not like Geneva. <laughs> that is tr- that is correct. Um, what you know, what are we going to do? We're going to come back with more fierceness. We're going to come back with more aggression and we're going to feel that we can take it to them a little bit more, um, whether or not that's actually what's going to happen. Uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, but to me, uh, looking at that, Chalet is back from his suspension, so he's able to play. And I think that he needs to be the one leading the charge. So between him and Lianco back there, if they're both playing, I want to see the angriest motherfuckers in center back that you could possibly imagine. And then Salisu come in there too, just poke the ball away from him, you know, have, make that nice little tackle, smile with his big old veneers that he's got, and then tell <laughs> him to go fuck themselves. So... <laughs> Because it's Newcastle, you had to make the six hour journey or however long it has to be. Uh, tell them there, you know, we, we came here to make a fight. We came here to not uh to not not be shit. And let's. Yeah. uh Yeah and so you know what are we thinking about it what's going to happen how, how is it all going to turn out uh let's look back really quick with the lineup so bazunu uh and then you've got a back four of salisu chaletazar Leonco, and walker peters uh diallo alcaraz orsic ward prowess Janepo, and mara um i think there will be some rotations there i think you will i think that kind of
0: needs to be doesn't there because yeah
1: absolutely but i also think that you're going to he's going to want to put Perot in the lineup uh he had such a fantastic game so how do you do that uh what's going to happen i don't know uh to me let's take you know let's take a look at what our options are either with a back 4 or a back 5 uh, so the back four option would then be to, say, Salisu and Shalith Azar uh, alongside Perot and Walker-Peters. That makes much more of an aggressive touch would mean or have more potential for uh, that extra goal because we have seen Walker-Peters and Pro push up. Uh, so that could be that could be the shout uh, that would just, be my preferred. That would be my preferred option. Just before you
0: go on, we can actually put James in straight into the lineup because he's not cup tied. He hasn't played in the competition for Luton, so he can actually go in.
1: Absolutely. Um, I would be. I mean, I would be hesitant about that. I think that he'd be a good shout if they need to push into a back five, uh, like you just like you just said. But I don't think. I think he'll make the bench. Um, for for either potential lineup, because if you do um, bring in Perot, uh that means you've got a back five with Slisu, Chalasar and Lianco. Um, and then, where do, you know, what do you take out when it comes to the attack? So um, all in all, I'm going to hope for and I'm going to give my lineup for preferred for a back four. I hope that we play Lavia, Alcaraz. I want Ward Prowse in the midfield three, and then from there it's it's tough. It's kind of a toss up. You know who are you looking for when it comes to the front three? Uh, I'm not amazed by anybody at this point. So um, I want Orsic to be fantastic. I think he is the best shout, but he maybe need a little bit of time to gel into the lineup. Um, but do you start him because he just started here against Blackpool? I don't think you do. Um, I also don't think you do Gineppo as well. I think you're going to, cause a came off the bench last time. I think you will have a Dozy um, come in. So, uh, Adozy would <laughs> come in for them. I think Adams will come in for Mara. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's really just a, a crazy, uh, who do you, who do rotate in that left wing side? Um, so Adam Armstrong possibly I think it's going to be Adam Armstrong I think you are going to have see a full rotated front three compared to uh, the new the first Newcastle game so that's what I think you'll I, that's what I think you'll see and let's hope that uh, unlike the last game uh, all four of our starting defenders had a yellow card and then uh, yep. so there was five yellow cards given to our defenders with two going to, to let us are
0: yeah <laughs> yeah, that's something to look out for. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, predictions then, Kev. I think you are first. Take it away.
2: I think that we're gonna live the dream and we're gonna open the scoring, but ultimately uh, end up the disappointing one old draw.
0: No, oh, one-all draw, and that would be a two-one loss on aggregate. But yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, three-one. I think we're gonna we're gonna go for it, and we're gonna see that they're gonna counter, and they're gonna be super clinical, unlike us.
0: I am going to go for a bog standard two nil Newcastle win doesn't get any easier, does it because um more travelling off to London this time as our attention turns once again to the Premier League and survival uh Brentford Saturday, the fourth of february three p m kickoff at the Brentford Community Stadium. Tim, I mentioned at the start of the show that Brentford are the surprise package, and i'm not yeah, I'm not sure that Brentford fans will be happy with me saying that because I think mean, that you know they've got better and better. Uh, under Thomas Franken, who, has, in my opinion, I think he's done a better job than anyone um, in this league. And I'm including Eddie Howe in this. Uh, So from, yeah, from third in the championship to 13th in their first ever Premier League campaign. And they're currently in eighth place and they deserve all the success they get because, yeah, they're considered a firm Premier League team now. And there's no there has been no talk about them in the relegation picture, even back in August. And they've only lost four games all season and one at home. And that was to Arsenal. So, you know, conceded 10 goals at home this season as well. That's very, So, yeah, they're very, very good at their place. And, and let's not forget, they, they thrashed Man United 4-0 there as well. So it's going to be a really, really tough challenge and not the place you want to go when you're bottom of the league approaching February. Tim.
1: No. And I think that looking how Brentford has built up their team over the last few years where they were com- they are solidified themselves as a, that tried and true Premier League team. They've built the through unique uh, recruitment. Uh, they've gotten they pulled players in that you would find in in diamonds in the rough, and then you've made players that have been uh, maybe downtrodden or thought that weren't um, weren't going to do well, but have made themselves into better players. Uh, for example, Ivan Tony. Uh, so, you know, what are we looking like? What's going on with Brentford? Why are they being such a success? Well, some of their parts have been fanta- uh, absolutely fantastic, and they've solidified themselves with a nice uh, uh, back lineup of Ethan Pinnock and then Ben nee. Uh So I'm going to give Ben Mee as the linchpin and the one of the best and underrated signings of the offseason.
0: Absolutely. Uh, yeah, great, great, great signing.
1: Yeah, and you would think with 33 years old, so – um that's a little bit tougher to want to sign but as a, as a center back and we've seen tiago silva play now well into his uh 39 he's 39 30, years old
0: 37 30, oh he's 39
1: he's, jesus he's Christ. 39 wow. so he's the obviously the exception to the rule but we know center backs can play late and great for him because he is that leadership older presence that erickson provided in the last uh, in the in, in the second half of last season for brentford um Looking at it, though, you've got so many good players on their team that really can hit you hard. So it's not like you've got one person that you need to focus on, like Wilfred Zaha at Crystal Palace. Um, where are you looking like? Where are they coming from? Well, goals are coming from all over the place. Uh, Ivan Tony is obviously leading their touch uh, and taking all of their penalty kicks, but you've got great players in uh, in Wissa and Wableno, uh, Math- Matthias Jensen, Christian Nogard, who's been absolutely fantastic, uh, Joshua Silva, um, the, uh, Vitaly Janelt, um, uh, Christoph, yeah, I uh, Iher, uh, or Ayer, I, I think it's Iher. Iher, Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean, you've got Mikhail Damsgaard off the bench, and you've got players that I've not even heard of when looking up the, that I can think of, like Roroslev. Like, he scored a couple goals this year, too. So, mm-hmm. uh, what to think about, where to go, what's going on? Like, is it going to be Keen Lewis Powder or Kevin Shea that's going to come in and, and beat us? I think someone's, they're going to beat us regardless. Um, and I'm scared because we, <laughs> were the team in the, in the early uh, to mid-2010s that people were looking up to is the pinnacle, is the focus, recruit well, uh, play well, develop from the academy. Well, Brentford is that team now, and they've taken it over from us, and even Brighton have, have passed us up. Um, so this is scary to look at. Um, scary to see um, I don't know what to think about uh, coming coming about, but it does not give me any vote of confidence when you can see that Brentford can play with anybody and they can they can nick uh, points off of the top six really easily and they could, uh, easily shlack us, and or they could have a down game, and like they just did recently, in where they tied leads zero zero.
0: Yeah, that was. Um, predictions then. Uh, Tim, I think you're up first. Uh,
1: I think we're gonna get nicked one zero. Unfortunately. Okay.
2: That's the twice. That's the second time that you've used the the, the, the phrase. Yeah, nicked. Uh,
0: nicked. That's it. That, an
2: American. Thing, no, it? That's not American thing.
0: No, that's an English country? thing. You're fucking mm. nicked. Yeah, me old beauty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I yeah. I can't see anything other than a than a Brentford win. I'm afraid. Uh, it's just, just yeah. It's going to be a tough one. But I, again, I wouldn't be surprised if Saints really turned it on here and gave you know put, put in, in the upset. But I can't I can't do it. Um. So I, the only thing I can see is a Brentford win. So I'm going to go two one to Brentford. Kevin, all down to you. Oh
2: God. I mean, realistically, we're not going to win, are we? I was going to say yeah, a two one loss um seems you've gone with that i'm gonna say 2-0 we're gonna lose two
0: no goals i wouldn't be surprised either way yeah i can see a 2-1 a 2-0 or a 1-0 really but uh, okay uh right and on those predictions then uh the discord this week uh, new jersey scott was the only one going for a 1-0 newcastle win but uh the whole host of people going 2-1 over blackpool was me, Kurt Supple, Dan Fox, Frederick Lazaro, Mark Griffiths, and Kevin McGee. Isn't that fucking typical? The only time I get a fucking result right, and the whole bloody Discord does as well. Um, no. but yeah, it's very tight at the top. Um, Colt Baker still on top on 39. Dan Fox a point behind on 38. And Frederick Lazaro one point behind him on 37. But again, two more games next week, so there's a lot on the line. How exciting. Um, super six round 32 was won by kevin Jewell uh, with 19 points uh, and round 33 it gives me great pleasure in saying that ray hunt uh, tops it with 15 so well done ray hunt does everybody clap and cheer ray no okay nothing still nothing silence yeah okay uh you got a slow clap No, that was me i clapped well thanks uh, it's a big old league that you know and there's a lot of people in it it's a top you know, to win a week is, is is fucking
2: good. I'll tell you.
0: Um yeah, there's uh Jason Brazanga still at the top on three hundred and one. Uh yeah, fantasy football, no fantasy football this week, was there? Uh
2: no, but we get the rare opportunity to um look at a a completed game week. So uh what you do. Yeah, I I've uh, slipped off the top of our Pardas League uh on the That's
0: how you Topping do
2: it. Yeah, the great week eighty seven points. Um yeah, there's only two points in at the top and there's a bit of a gap opening up. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I've also slid down our big league and uh, that is still topped by uh, Jamie Thorpe, Paul Gilliam and Marlon Ailing. Alan, yeah, um, Paul Gilliam, Can- Grand Canarian Saint, is up into second place now. He's a roaring head and having a, a, a brilliant middle to the season. Uh, also another shout for jessica morris who gets up into fourth uh, bobby brown's all the way down in the 11th so there's a few in here that are normally quite high up and they're slipping down a bit uh, let's give a manager of the month for january out of the podcasters guess who had the best results in january
0: me no no it was um, obviously it was obviously you wasn't
2: it Michelle no it wasn't it, it was t-bizzle
0: was it? Well done, Tim. Although you did, you got the same amount of points as me this week, seventy-eight. Uh, but you slipped down, and I moved up. Yeah, I've been doing really well for for whatever reason. It's all clicking. It's all clicking. That's why you're doing well, Tim.
2: And yeah, in the big league, um, yeah, Bobby Brown, uh, third place in January. Samuel Barrett, second, and uh, John Lee's Happy World of Rebo is the best manager. January was 260
0: points. Okay, guys, I've got a where am I for you uh, again. Uh, Are you up for this one? Let's do it. Yes, Tim. Let's do it. uh, Again, it's quick fire, okay? So the first person that says it on a clue gets first go at it, obviously. Um, And if you get it wrong, you're not allowed to guess again until the next clue. But, yeah, you can keep going. So 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, again. Um, At the moment, Kevin leads 3-0 so uh yeah a lot to play for <laughs> this is all very exciting isn't it okay clue number one for five points this stadium is located 151 miles from st mary's count you around no you said that last week
2: i'll say that again
0: <laughs> it's not tim it's over to you 151 miles from st mary's
1: millennium stadium i believe it's whatever uh whatever swansea plays at it's
0: liberty isn't it liberty stadium yeah Oh, Jesus. Uh, no, it's not the Liberty Stadium, but uh, good guesses all around. Uh, clue two uh, for four points. Approximately 40 miles from the King Power in Leicester.
1: Tim and Covent, uh, the Coventry. Uh, Rico. One that, yeah, the Rico.
0: St. Andrews. No, you're wrong. Yeah, well done. You're wrong. <laughs> uh, clue number three for three points. This city is located 76 miles north of London on the River Nen.
2: Uh, Kevin, it's Nottingham, isn't it? I'm going with Notts County. Oh, I've forgotten what the ground's called. Uh,
0: that's the County Ground.
2: <laughs> is it? <laughs> yes. Well, what's the Derby one called then?
0: Derby is called the um, Pride Park. Do you mean Nottingham Forest? <clears throat> that's called the City Ground.
2: All right. <laughs> um, City Ground.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. It's It's not. Uh, <laughs> Tim, it's all over to you, mate. You get this a free guess.
1: You said 71
0: miles? S- sorry, the city is located 76 miles north of London on the River Nen. N-E-N-E. That's, I guess that's pronounced Nen. Actually, I think some people, I think the locals pronounce it Nen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, locals pronounce it Nen, but everyone else pronounces it ne So I'm going with a local one. So, yeah.
1: Oh, God. Tim. I was, thinking, I was think- thinking Milton Keynes, but... That can't be it because it's a made-up city that they created. Um, I'm gonna go with wherever Forest plays in Nottingham.
0: City City Ground. They play City Ground. It's not. It's not. It's not in Nottingham. Clue four for two points. Currently competing in League One and consider their rivals to be Cambridge United.
2: Kevin, go on. Northampton Town.
1: No. Kenilworth Road in Luton Town.
0: Incorrect. Uh, okay, <laughs> clue five for one point. In the county of Cambridgeshire, nicknamed the posh, ah,
2: with a capacity
0: of fifteen thousand. Peter- Go on, Kevin. Peterborough. Peterborough United London Road is correct. Yes. Um. Mm-hmm. And for sponsorship reasons, London Road is now called.
2: It's called the Jurex Stadium. <laughs>
0: No, it's called Western Homes Stadium. So, yeah. Uh, Kev, you get a point.
2: You said the ribbonine as well. I don't know why I didn't pay attention
0: to it. I did, yeah. I said that on the third clue.
2: And, yeah. I don't know. Nottingham's on the Trent, isn't it? That's
0: on the Trent, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, and so is, well, so is Stoke, couldn't Br- it, it run that way. Um. Okay, so, yes, next week then, uh, we'll be going over the second leg against Newcastle. The Premier League trip to Brentford. And We we'll also have player and goal of the month, Kev, for for January. So we need to we need to discuss that, and we have to discuss yeah, and we need to discuss all those new signings that will be coming in on Tuesday. Um, so until then, up the Saints. Up,
1: Southampton. Up the Saints.
0: Up the Saints. Up, Southampton.
2: Podcast Network.